trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Each week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. Today, I'm back with another episode of The Kettle is Hot, and you may remember my guest, Brittany, the unfriendly black hottie from episode five. So I'm not going to intro her because if you want to get to know her, go back and listen to episode five, follow her on Instagram, all the things. But today we're just going to jump right into her convo. So hello, friend. (laughs) Hello. I want to first thank you for coming on. You were one of the first people I thought about when I started this new segment, just because, I mean, we all are a fan of the Britney hot takes, one. (laughs) And two, just because everything... You've been writing about Black Lives Matter and performative allyship, which is what we're talking about today, has really resonated with me because I have for sure been feeling that from a lot of people and things that have been going on. So I am thrilled. <laughs> to nice. I'm excited to be back. Have this, a, a recorded hot take. <laughs> yeah, this will be a fun chat, I think. Um, so for those of you who don't know what performative allyship um, is, it's for me, it's kind of been like a number of things, like either people who have just been posting like the black squares we see on Instagram, but like haven't made a statement on how they feel or just keep reposting things to their stories or, you know, trying to follow the almost the clout of this movement and like just latching onto it being a moment and not really really understanding how influential this time is. Um, I mean, we've seen plenty of corporations and how, you know, I don't want to equate Black Lives Matter to pride, but I've seen kind of like a commercialization around Black Lives Matter. Um, So for me, performative allyship has kind of been people who post a thing, but then like don't actually like do the work or talk about, you know, the work that they are doing for themselves or that. But then for me, it also has been like you, I don't need to also like know how much you've donated. I don't need to know what books you're reading. I just want to know that you have been doing work. So maybe like, I don't know. That's just like where my brain <laughs> goes. Um, yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, oh, I reposted this one thing or I put my black square or here's a black person I found that you should follow and I've done my job and that's it. Um, there's also been a lot of like weird, almost like insidious ways that I've seen it. Like a perfect example is there were people that have not said anything, didn't do the black square, didn't say anything. And I was like, okay, whatever. I know where I stand with you. But then when Austin painted that black Austin matters, they shared that. And I'm like, so how did we get here? (laughs) Like you haven't said anything this whole other time but then this is what you choose to share. And it's just like things that make me sort of question, like where is, 
your allyship? Are you even an ally? Do you just feel pressure at this point? Like, what, what are you doing and why is really the question I have for people. Yeah, and when you made the comment of, like, influencers who are out here like not using their platform like people who follow those people like take note of that right like if Mm -hmm. if this is the time you choose to be silent that says so much or like if you are as an influencer so afraid of like upsetting your following also like take a look at that and that really made me so a lot of things because there are so many large accounts that i have unfollowed because they haven't said anything and yeah. for me, not saying anything is that is like it says something. I mean, silence equals violence, like we've been seeing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of weeks ago, this clothing company in Austin posted this photo of these two women of color in their shirts, and like wrote a whole thing. It turned off the comments for which for me sort of says like either a you know what you're posting is going to be problematic or b you just don't want to have to deal with the backlash right and so like doing some deep dive and realizing that this company was owned by a white woman and i was like okay let's let's read this and so essentially the post was like you know we support peaceful protests but looting is wrong and you know it's illegal to be on the freeway and we support protests that look a certain way And this, that, and the third. And, like, if you don't agree with me, um, you should go talk to your, uh, like, your public officials or, like, the people, like, the politicians that, you know, um, are in power. Um, I just wanted to start this conversation. And I was like, so you threw a grenade, left, and then expected someone else to clean up your mess. Yeah. And and I have been saying, like, the worst thing that happened to a lot of these people was me getting furloughed because now all I have is time to talk. (laughs) And so... I reposted like just the photo and like tagged them in it and like did a whole breakdown of like, Hey, this is not okay. Like the fact that you are, you know, tokenizing two black women in your merch, almost like saying like, they said it was okay. Like, yeah, they approved to like use their likeness, but I'm sure not to have them as the model model minority for you. Also like you directing people to talk to the politicians versus you doing the actual work and saying that looting is wrong, but not realizing that a lot of people have been out of work. And so the people who are looting are, you, are not the same ones causing the damage. And I want people to separate the two. Like, yeah. People yes. who are looting are taking things like formula and diapers and food. And we've been in the one of the biggest recessions in our lifetime and people have been unemployed. So yes, while we got these $1,200 checks, that check could mean someone has housing but doesn't have food or someone has food but doesn't have housing. Whereas all these other big corporations are getting like these large amount bailouts and these people are like starving in the streets. So don't tell people how to survive. And, you know, looting isn't the choice people make. I was, what was, I was reading, oh, it was on a panel I was on in this. Um, Rev D said, you know, no one would, uh, no black person would go and set a police station on fire because we right. don't need that sort of, that sort right. of heat. Um, so I just want people to continue to think about that too. Of like what, what, when you're posting things like you shouldn't be telling protesters how to protest. And also like, white people trying to tell black people how to protest what they should write and like all these other things of like well you know you need to be posting this because of blah 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 like black people have been leading ourselves for centuries and we've done pretty okay now we need white people to get into spaces where we can't get them but to still bring us in if you can yeah i just i've i've seen a lot of that like i just i don't want white people telling me (laughs) what I should feel about anything, what I should do. I don't want to know like your thoughts on like peaceful protests and like how people should be protesting. Like I want you to educate yourself. I want you to speak up and talk to your white friends and family and followers. I want you to do that work 
if mm-hmm. you're protesting and it's organized by black people and they're asking, you know, like, here's the ways we can have white people help us. I want you to do that. But like, other than that, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. Uh, I've now gotten really close with one of the guys at Austin Justice Coalition. And he's like, you'd be surprised how many like white people are messaging us like what we need to do. And I'm like, I feel like the Austin Justice Coalition, like that March a couple weeks ago was one of the most organized and peaceful I have seen and experienced. Mm-hmm. And so for like a white person to come in and be like, well, this wasn't like radical enough. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If we are too loud, it's a problem. If we do, right. don't do something like, you know, the people are like, well, you shouldn't take a knee and like, okay, you shouldn't peacefully protest. Like no matter what we do, it's not the proper way ever. And I'm just like, I'm t- aren't y'all tired of trying yeah. to like, change <laughs> us so you feel comfortable? And I think that's what a lot of people right now, as far as like performative allyship goes, is like people who are like, you know, I see that you're doing this work and like being willing to like help people out, but also like it's still not a black person's job to educate you, especially when Google is free. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out, again, I've been saying, if you can find where a local coffee shop is, you can find how to not be racist, right? Like, yeah, the, the that's thing one for- of the th- That's one of the things I find more frustrating. Like I do a lot of educational work just because that's my contribution to the movement. Like Mm -hmm. I, that's where I, I excel. So that's what I do. But I have had so many people in my DMs just asking me like, basically like racism 101 questions. And I'm just like, you haven't, like, you don't want to, like, look this up yourself. Like, I've even provided you with resources, and you still are in my DMs wanting me to break down why XYZ is, like, bad. And I just, I do so much work personally to unpack so many of, like, the bullshit, like, biases that I have. And I would never think to, like, go into someone's DM and be like, hey, can you explain to me how to not be, like, transphobic? how to not be fat phobic. Like I just would not do that. Mm-hmm. So I have a tough time dealing with people who can't take some of that burden on themselves. And it's like at the bare minimum of like real allyship and activism, I need you to take some of that burden on. Like, right. You're still in a black person's DMs asking them to break down racism to you or justify a protest or explain why we do whatever. Then I'm going to push back on you and be like, so whatever you're doing in your story, public facing is performative because you obviously don't want to do any work. <laughs> exactly. For me, it's been like, I've been pushing back to a lot of people of being like, I will have a conversation if you show me that you've done some research. Like I will mm-hmm. have a conversation. That's not the problem. The problem is, I think a lot of we, white people for a long time expected black, ex- still expect black people to be very submissive. Like, well, you've done enough. So like, let me blow blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like we, I, we're done. Like I am, I was telling a friend the other day, like I used to be the person who will like smile to make white people comfortable. And that is uh-huh. just a thing as a black person, you were like quote unquote trained to do. And now I'm just like, I don't have the energy anymore. Like, especially yeah. <laughs> right now of like, it is not my job to make you feel comfortable. It is not my job to make you feel safe. If you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, that is your work to do. And I need you to, you to ask yourself why. So like hearing people who are like, you know, I just feel like, you know, maybe it's just like a little, you know, you could say this a little different. I'm like, no, 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 that don't, yeah. don't, don't tone police <laughs> me because you are uncomfortable. You sit with that and you unpack why, because it is no longer my job to like grin and bear it. None of us are. It's, we're just, yeah. we're over it at this point. Basically. I mean, that's really how I feel. Like I don't, 
the tone policing really has to stop. And it's unfortunate that you see it from so many different angles, but it's like, I'm not going to sugarcoat what I have to say to make it easier for you to consume. It should make you uncomfortable because I'm calling you out on things that are, are not acceptable. So right. I don't want you to be comfortable when I'm talking to you about anti-blackness and racism and things like that. I want you to be like, wow, this makes me, I don't know what to do with these feelings. And then I want you to sit with those and then go figure out how you can address that. Yeah. For me, it's also been really funny. of like, I've noticed like people who have, who have been like, you know, I would love if you like said this differently or like, I think black people should protest this way or like say black lives matter, but then have no black people in their friend group, have no (laughs) black people who work for them, um, have no black kids that their other kids that their kids play with. And like, how are you possibly trying to evoke change if you aren't willing to be uncomfortable, if you don't even have, and I'm not saying to tokenize black people now. Like, don't try to, like, go out and make a black friend because of this right now. I'm saying, like, right. why haven't you had a black friend up until, like, now when people bring you to your attention? Or why haven't you looked at diversifying um, your your company or what have you? Like, that that's also is beginning to me, too, of, like, seeing, you know, so many influencers being, like, Black Lives Matter. And then I'm also, like, but do you have any black friends? Do you yeah. hang out with these people? And not just influencers, like, people in general that I'm just, like... I, I, I question that so much. I think with, I, so I agree fully, like on the, just like everyday people side on the like corporation side, like seeing someone like the NFL come out and be like black lives matter. And it's like, Girl. because when they're not making like they matter in that you basically run a plantation, mm. like they don't matter besides that. But like the influencer thing, especially for me, because I was kind of in that world. I'm not, but I'm like influencer adjacent. I've done plenty of blog posts on just like ways that I think influencers could be more diverse where they could use their voice to say, Hey, like you want to invite me on this brand trip or to this party or this mm-hmm. open I'm here and everyone is thin and white and looks exactly the same. And it's like, why are y'all not sort of using your voices, not just to advocate for black people or people of color, but people, different bodies, different backgrounds, everything. And so to see them all now, all of a sudden, one, be like, yeah, black lives matter. And then two, act as if they've just discovered black people exist in the influencer space. Mm -hmm. Very, very jarring to me. (laughs) And I think many of them are genuine in what they're doing. So I want to be very clear in saying that because I do think it's genuine and I think you have to allow people the space to sort of stumble to get better. Sure. It feels very, very performative in that it's like they're gatekeepers. And I had someone DM me today be like, well, what do you mean by that? Should I not be sharing people? And I'm like, I want you to share people that resonate with you that are black, that are other people of color, whatever. But it's weird that it was almost as if there was no space for any of these people two weeks ago mm-hmm. exist. And now all of a sudden you've all discovered all these black people that you just love so much and are so great and everyone mm-hmm. follow. And you got Instagram over here like, yeah, we're going to check 
and see if our algorithm's biased against certain people. And it's like, so all this stuff, like, did, did everyone just discover this two weeks ago? Because as someone who has lived the black experience, that is incredibly frustrating. Like dealing with people that are like, I'm shocked by this. I had no idea. Or I just found this cool account or, oh, maybe our algorithm is biased or, oh, maybe we should have let Colin Kaepernick kneel. Like all these things that people are just now putting together. I'm like, so where have you been? And that's kind of at the core of what makes it feel performative because it's like, were y'all just, were you actively not listening before? Did you think we were making it up? Like where, how did we get here again? <laughs> like that's sort of my question. I know that people, like you said, I don't need to know every single thing you're doing, but I think when you have people calling for some openness and some transparency, that's where they're coming from. Like at least yeah. for me, that's why I want to see it and know what you're doing because I need to know how you got here. And like, if you tell me, you know what? I watched a George, that George Floyd video and I listened to that man basically beg for his life and something snapped inside of me and now I get it. And before I did not I say, okay, <laughs> like help me understand where it's coming from. Because I do think that for a lot of people, brands, influencers alike, it's just like what's it? It's what's in vogue right now. Mm-hmm. So they feel like if they don't say something, they're being judged. So they just throw something up there, and it's like, well, that does nothing for me. <laughs> like I'd rather you just be silent, or I'd rather just say I don't think this is a problem and I don't care, because then I know where I stand with you, and I can remove you from my life. Yeah, I think also like for me, coming from a nonprofit and fundraising background of like, you know, having to inform people of why, like what this nonprofit does and like that got people to donate. And so while yes, I know money is really important. I also don't want people to just think that like throwing, well, not throwing, but like donating is enough. Like it is great. You're helping these organizations and these companies and these, these people who are doing this work and that is great. But, you know, it's, I hate to make the analogy, but it's like buying a new dress and then letting the dress sit there. Like you, you've done one yes. step, but you haven't, you, know, you haven't done anything with it. It's like, well, yes, I love this, this donation and, and, you know, paying black people always. Um, but also like, what are you doing aside from just donating money? Like you're saying, like, are you research? Like the fact that uh, Alexis, who is um, Serena Williams' husband was like, I'm going to give up my spot on this board yeah. of this multi-million dollar company that I founded and tell them to hire a black person. I mean, it, granted, we're all not to that level, but I just, I just need that amount of commitment and whatever you can do, and like diversifying things, and you know, or just coming out like and and saying like some of these brands I've seen are like, look, we don't know what to do. But we realize there's a problem. Like mm-hmm. we that our executive board, and we see you know there's like maybe two people that check a box of people of color. Everyone else is white. And we realize that's a problem and we have no black people and we don't know what to do about that. But here are the actionable steps we plan to take over this amount of time. Like I think that that is such a good example for anyone. Like I don't think that like, I think anyone like an influencer, I think like a random person you follow with five followers can say, look, these are the things I am doing to work on this, this, and this. Right. My thing too is like, I get asked to do a lot of speaking engagements and panels and like I will tell people like I am very big on the on the 
on giving other people space. Like I sometimes walk into events and I'm the only black person there. It's like, if I'm ever asked like, Hey, do you want to invite someone? I'm like, yes, but can't, but it has to be a person of color or a marginalized person or someone who typically doesn't have a large platform or a following or isn't giving this amount of space. Like I've been very adamant on like the privileges that I've had in these spaces. Like I want to push other voices forward. And I think that's what you're leaning as like, what can people who are, you know, just now being invited, quote unquote, invited to the party can do. And it's like, you, you know, you saying like, it's great that you're following all these people, but why do you follow them? Is it just to check off a box that you're diversifying yeah. or is it because you actually want to amplify other voices? And so a lot of the time that's what I try to do. Like I never, I never want to be the only person that people hear from. Right. Like right. there are so many other people out there doing great work that I'm just like, <laughs> I don't need the spotlight there. There's this person who does X, Y, and Z, but yeah, that like that, that whole, like, I did this one thing and that should be enough. But then also yeah. like to, to backtrack with you saying like, I have had a lot of people like, you know, watching that video like really clicked for me. And I'm like, so you've never once thought that me being black and you being white meant that I would get killed before you did. Right. Like you had to physically watch a black person die mm -hmm. for, for it to finally happen, for it to finally click. And it's like, we have had Trayvon Martin. We've had Sandra Bland. We have had yeah. every other person but I mean, I also want to point out like, yes, we're all in quarantine and in our houses. And so we're literally pro finally like, quote unquote, some quote unquote, submitting to the 24 hour news cycle. Right. But, I, yeah. but it's also like, I don't think we should have had to get to George for this level of response to happen. And like you're saying, yes, it's in vogue right now. But it also is kind of like to be a black person. It's a slap in the damn face that another black person had to die. Yeah. For non-black people to finally care. I mean, I had to, like, explain to multiple people how I didn't need to see Black people dying on my timeline to understand, like, whatever's going on. Right. They should not need to share it for the people around them to understand, and there should be other ways for them to do that. And I had so many people that just couldn't grasp it. Like, people are so desensitized to, like, violence against black people. And I, a thing that I've really picked up on these last few weeks is like white people, especially live in a world that I don't live in. Mm -hmm. Like seeing them just see, like I saw a girl going on and on about how amazing dear white people was, which is a great show, but how she just had no idea it existed. And I'm like a show that's on its third season that people talk about that's on the front page of Netflix. Like, so you like, you just had no idea. And I'm, it's like small things like that. I'm just like, so y'all have you, you know about the black culture that the Kylie Jenner steal and appropriate, and, mm -hmm. but you don't know anything about like black culture when it centers black people and you live in this like bubble of whiteness and I get it because this world at least in the United States was made for you so like there's not there was nothing pushing you out of that but it's just very eye-opening and infuriating if I'm being honest <laughs> that so many people were just fully like oblivious and I guess now they're not, but like you, like you said, like, I don't know why you needed to watch someone die to like get you there. I'm happy that you're here now, but like, I, I just, I would encourage anyone that that, if that's what the catalyst was to really sit with why 
that was your catalyst and why you needed that. Yeah, absolutely. Or like you posted the other day about Starbucks and I was like, first of all, I just always have to sigh at Starbucks because I'm, I'm, <laughs> const- I'm constantly exhausted by them. But, uh, and for those of you who haven't seen like Google Starbucks and Black Lives Matter because they recently like changed everything, which I'm like, mm, okay. But that whole post about like they were, they are so quick to post everything and have all of these things about pride, but didn't want their black, their black employees or employees period talking about black lives matter or, you know, doing any sort of like quote unquote merch around black lives matter. It's just like, do you think that black people don't work at Starbucks? Do you think that black people don't stop at Starbucks? There's one on every damn corner. Like, yeah. And it was, it was funny because I had some people like push back on that. Like someone was like, well, maybe they just are like worried for the safety of their employees. And I'm like, so you don't think that there's bigots that if they saw someone wearing pride stuff, they would want mm-hmm. to those people like it's just it's very odd the way people were almost doing like gymnastics to like justify it but all it came down to was money like starbucks profits off pride we were in the the core of the pandemic when they released those rainbow cups and people on my feed were all over their cities in different starbucks trying to buy those damn cups and it's like the only reason they allow pride stuff is because they found a way to profit off it and they didn't have a way to do that with black lives matter. The minute they could make like a black lives matter mug, they'd be all about it. And that is what's infuriating. Cause I think a lot of people are doing that right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was talking to someone earlier, the, the palatability of, of blackness for a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. And like with me, I, I was guilty of that for a long time of like, you know, changing how my voice sounds. Like, we all know, like, on the phone, like, you have your quote-unquote white girl voice on the phone. Yeah. Because, you know, the minute, I mean, I'm Brianna with an O. Like, you know, <laughs> Brianna Jenkins, my name could not be more black. <laughs> and it's just, like, the minute that that happens, like, you know, the whole, the whole level of, like, well, how comfortable can I make white people around me? And like I was saying before, like, we are just to a point, like, black people are so good at always, like, we are the epitome of, you know, like the whole bootstrap thing, like picking ourselves up. Like we had Black Wall Street. We have Black-owned businesses. Like we Mm -hmm. keep trying to get better and not depend on, you know, white companies and what have you. And every time we get a little bit ahead, white people come in and destroy it. And if you don't believe me, again, the, you know, the Tuskegee, um, uh, like, uh, what is it called? Like the trials on Black people there. And again, Black Wall Street, like we have been trying for so long in this country to get ahead, but keep continuing to be like told in one way or another that this is your place. You don't need to be fighting all these things. Stay silent, stay grateful, especially as a black woman. Like, like, like Malcolm X always says, the, the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman. And, you know, seeing how many black women always show up for all the protest, no mm-hmm. matter what protest it is, we are, you can always depend on some black women being there. If it's LGBTQIA plus rights, if it's environmental stuff, it is, you know, Black Lives Matter. I mean, the list goes on. We always show up. And so I think right now, as we continue to see how many Black people, specifically Black women, are killed, and how often, like, Black women aren't talked about. Like, uh, there's a mural that I was see- I saw the other day, and, you know, they had all of these Black men who have been murdered, which is great, but they only had Breonna Taylor on the mural. And I was like, that's interesting. Like there are so many black women, trans women and cis women who are murdered by the police and others. And we are just, you know, still 
constantly pushed to the sidelines. And so that's also a thing about performative allyship too. Even in the black community, like, you know, saying, you know, black lives matter and meaning like you post, like you can't just mean black cis lives, right? You have yeah, to mean that's- in black hetero <laughs> lives. Like there can be performative allyship in the black community. And I, and again, I don't want white people coming in and checking black people. That is a thing that we need to work on and, you know, right. take care of your shit at your own house. Right. Like, right. So I also want to point out that of like, I am grateful for the people who like, who are black men specifically who are like, no black women and black trans people. And, you know, making sure there's space for all of us in this conversation, because for a long time we are left out and just expected, but continually expected to show up for black cis hetero men. And, and it's not reciprocated. So I mean, black, black women, like that could be a whole other show. (laughs) (laughs) Burden that's placed on black women. And then this narrative of like us being, so strong. I mean, even if you just look at like people doing a lot of the labor, emotional labor of like educating on social media, it's black women. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a whole thing. But yes, I completely agree. There is a lot of performative allyship within the black community. And as we are on the same page about like, when I say black lives matter, I mean, all black lives. I don't mean the ones that have PhDs from Harvard. I mean, everyone. I don't mean cis people. I literally mean every single black life. So I need everyone to get on board with that. But like you said, that is for us to sort of check within our community. And it's, I mean, you see it everywhere. It's like within the Latinx community, they have a lot of anti-blackness. And I am happy to have seen so many Latinx people like really speaking up about that. It's like, I don't need a white person coming in (laughs) and like, talking to Latinx people about how they're anti-Black. It's like some stuff, especially when you're talking about Black people, Latinx people, really communities of color, marginalized groups, like you need to let those groups sort of work on that. And then everyone, everyone can work on their own like performative allyship issues. But like what none of us need really is like a privileged (laughs) group of people coming in telling us how we should support better, protest better, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, y'all focus on you. And I don't mean that to sound like antagonistic, but I do think that there's been a disservice done to some people in this country and that they've been coddled into thinking their bad behavior is okay or the, the bare minimum of what they're doing. So it's like, well, I don't say the N word. So like, I'm not racist. And it's like, too many people your whole life have basically not challenged you and let you think that essentially your performative allyship has been okay. And I am no longer in a space where I will do that for people, which is why like I tell people straight up, like as like people are starting to follow me more on Instagram, I'm like, you're just here because you have black guilt and someone shared my account. I suggest you leave because like, I'm not interested in being your friend I'm not interested in like sugarcoating things. I want you to be uncomfortable. I'm going to challenge you. And like, that's part of growth. And that's what people do for me. And I still mess up all the time. So it's like, we're, that's, I think that's probably the key. And like, when you are doing real work, you will realize that you, you're learning shit all the time. You're like, oh crap, I, I messed this up. Like sometimes I'll post something in my story and someone will be like, hey, the language in this was like kind of ableist. And I'm like, oh shit, I had no idea. Thank you. Like there's just, we're constantly growing and trying to be better. And if you were just okay with, you know, resharing someone's post and moving along, then I don't think you're all that interested in 
growing and I guess that's fine, <laughs> but like, I would like you to be clear about that instead of acting as if you are. Yeah. Also like white people and non-black people of color, as you continue to get uncomfortable, don't try to come at me defensively. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> you being uncomfortable is good, but you go do that work. Don't call me out and try to make me change things so that you feel like every, like racism isn't, white people saying the n-word anymore like it's not that overt it's not you know right. we are out of jim crow we are out of segregation like for me racism is microaggressions which i you know me i don't believe in the word microaggression it's an aggression no matter what side yeah. it is and like <laughs> you know you specifically like seeing a black name on a resume and tossing it out or a quote-unquote black name on a resume mm -hmm. um you you know uh, holding your purse as you pass a black person locking your door when you see a black person like any yeah. sort of time that you feel like you have to like quote unquote protect yourself from blackness that to me is is racist like also like very insidious things like the first word you use to describe barack obama is eloquent <laughs> like as if you'd never heard a black man that was well spoken like just little things like that the whole like you're so pretty for a black girl or you speak yes. so well for a black girl yes things or like i've been labeled aggressive like my entire life <laughs> it's like there are just certain adjectives used to describe black women black people that i think other people don't get mm -hmm. um, say maybe latinx women probably get a good amount of it too just like a very specific brand of words that people use for us and it's like those are the things where i'd say I challenge you, like, why, why is this your go-to? Because like you said, I think that's like, that's racist. And I need you to unpack why, where it came from and then just work through it. That's really all I'm looking for from people. Yeah. I mean, people who have been, who've made comments like, oh, well, Bree's so loud or like, you know, she takes up a lot of space. I'm like, I I'm given no space in this world. So yeah. yes, the one time I am allowed, I'm going to say shit because that chance might not come again. And like, I don't think people understand, and I've talked about this a couple episodes ago, like the amount of pressure it is to be a black person. Uh -huh. You don't just represent yourself. Like I don't get to walk out of this house and just be Brie. I represent yeah. every black woman, every black woman who is not, you know, quote unquote thin, um, every black woman who is educated. Like I don't get to have my own identity. And you know, uh -huh. don't, don't get me wrong. Like being, I am proud to be black, but it's the pressure of, being black in a white society of always trying to like you know being told for a long time like don't bring attention to yourself don't do this don't be over sexualized like there's yeah. just so many things that you know our parents teach us to keep us safe and it's like safe from so many things of like taking advantage of or you know being labeled this thing and then all of a sudden like you can't get a job or like you know this this i interviewed for a job a couple weeks ago and they're asking me questions of like why did you leave your last job and I was like oh I felt very tokenized in that like my opinion wasn't didn't wasn't appreciated and I wasn't getting paid what I wanted to get paid they're like well you could have stayed I'm like yeah and devalue myself like should I just be grateful that I have this job like right and the kicker was it was a black man who interviewed me and I was like I'm gonna hang up like this has been great <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to work here yeah bless like and so, like, especially now, like, doing a lot more speaking agents and having this panel and doing, like, some blog writing for, like, you and, and a couple other friends, and, like, they heard so many things I've wanted to say for so long, but have felt as though, like, 
I started to tone police myself to make sure that yes. I was palatable because I didn't want to seem loud or aggressive or, you know, God forbid you think you deserve to be on a stage. Oh my God, the audacity yeah. of that. Like, or like I said, the, the, the thing of like, I don't automatically think of white people to invite to events. I will say, Hey, is there someone like, can I, again, can I bring someone else? Cause I think that, you know, this white person has had opportunities. I think that either, you know, other marginalized groups or people of color haven't. And so you know, it's no shade to the other people, but like, again, as a black woman, I have to show up for other people who are also marginalized because that is what we always do is we always are thinking outside of just ourselves because we don't get the ability to, to just relax. And right. that's a whole thing too. Like, you know, sitting here in my house, dead bolted and my house is dead bolted and it's three thirty in the afternoon because as a black woman living in a very white neighborhood i'm like if shit pop off the police would probably try to break my door down brigana taylor was killed while sleeping like there's just so much stuff that i don't think privileged people understand like being profiled just because you're the only white person the only black person there and so i also think about that all the time of you know this tone policing this making sure you're falling quote unquote falling in line all those microaggressions feed into us and we never right. get to relax never <laughs> that is very very true or like i i uh, saw someone wearing a shirt the other day like being pro excuse me being pro black doesn't mean i'm anti white and i've never felt more seen because yeah. it's like it's not racist it's just we have been taught our whole lives that you know beauty privilege power all are things that white people have yeah we have to try to get there and so like being pro-black means i am proud to be where who i am and i'm working towards being black and x y and z whereas yeah. i think like i to be honest white people are always centered White cis people are constantly centered. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, <laughs> this country was founded on white supremacy, like, and it still excels on white supremacy. There's modern-day slavery everywhere. You look, capitalism <laughs> being the biggest example. But I mean, just using people in jail for free labor. Yeah, like, prison labor, like, literally everything. So everywhere you look, you see it. And, I mean, like, that, the sentiments of that shirt is important. It's like, I need, especially now because I can sympathize with what it must be like to be a white person right now trying to navigate this. I can understand that that is probably like, you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You don't know what you should be doing. You know, you've got us saying like, look, here's how I need you to do things. And there's other black people saying this a reminder that there was not one spokesperson for the community. So we all feel differently because sometimes it seems like y'all don't know that. <laughs> um, but I, so I get it and I sympathize, but I need you to understand that the world, so to speak, is pro-white. So you have benefited, even if your only benefit is that you were white, that that is a benefit that is greater than anything else the rest of us have because you being a poor white person in a lot of spaces is going to get you farther initially when people first look at you than like Jay-Z walking in somewhere. You don't know who Jay-Z is, a black, almost billionaire at this point. So it's like, I need people to understand we're pro-black because that's how we need to be right now. Like we need to learn to like love ourselves despite all the trauma y'all have put us through. <laughs> we need to learn how to fight, how to stand up. We need you to help us do that. And I need you to sort of work through whatever 
woe is me feelings you have about that because no one's saying, you know, we hate white people. We're saying, look, <laughs> you have benefited from a system that's in place that is no longer going to work for us. <laughs> and as a society, we're all done with it. And I don't blame you for that, but I need you to get on board. <laughs> and if you can't get on board, then you can go. <laughs> and I don't care where you go or what you do, you can just go. But like me being pro-black, literally, and I mean this with love, has nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, so I need you to sort of internalize that and let it go. Yeah. And like you're saying, like white people, you're gonna fuck up. Just admit it. Just, just come from a place of that. Like, I think white people are so afraid of messing up. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, y'all could mess like literally white people mess up all the time and they are forgiven instantly. Like, yeah, <laughs> like y'all are fine. Like, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Like, I always think about um, Shonda Rhimes in her memoir, like talks about like if, if her as a black woman messed up with Grey's Anatomy, that could mean for years another black woman wasn't given a chance. That's the right. shit we're talking about. If a black person messes up, a black person who is their own one person messes up, that whole race may never have another chance for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But a white person can literally do and basically anything at this point and instantly forgiven. And, you know, it's that trope of like white boys are seen as boys. So they're about like 20 years old. Yeah. Black <laughs> boy is seen as a black man at like 10. Yeah. And same with black girls. Like they are by age 10, black children are seen as like adults. And I'm like, that is so unfair. So white people, you're going to fuck up. You're going to make it through. And like Brittany said, like, if you're not on board to do that work, you could just get out of the way. Like that's <laughs> honestly, and that's all I need y'all to know. Cause there are some people that I think are just, they're not interested and that's fine. I need you to just be quiet, go away. So, you know, post your sponsored posts, sell your ads, get out of my face. You're a company like revolve for example have your all white or white passing models i don't care just get out of the space <laughs> like so that the people trying to do the work can do the work that's all i'm looking for yeah i recently a friend of mine shared um a story of a woman of color who used to work at a local cheese shop here that's huge and she posted how you know she was really discriminated against at work was treated horribly and what have you. And so I don't know her, but I reached out. And I was like, thank you so much for sharing this. My friends and I have all agreed we will no longer go to this place. We can go, there. I can go to Trader Joe's for cheese. Like, it's not a big deal. And she reached back out and she's like, thank you so much for saying that. I was so afraid to share this story because everyone, you know, we'd look at Amber Riley right now with like her unmutiny um, post about like, black people calling out white people now and yeah. you know with her saying that she's i know a lot of people have been saying like well why now and i'm like well girl it's the same thing as like when survivors of sexual assault come forward it's like i come i what i didn't feel safe coming forward now i'm like and not to equate the two but like even then like a piece of your safety was was in jeopardy so i get it i'm like you share your story when you're ready to share your story mm -hmm. but i look at that right now a lot with you know all these actors of uh, professionals what have you who are white getting called out by people of color and i'm like finally maybe y'all feel a little bit of what we have felt of like right. walking on pins and needles and like i think about it a lot because during quarantine i have become obsessed with bon appetit videos <laughs> it's pretty no. bringing <laughs> well. me so much joy and then you know adam repropore who was the who was the uh, editor-in-chief he stepped down after you know photos of him from back in the day came out when he was in brown phase and so people are like well why is it 
why is it now like he gets to, you know, people coming forward now and, you know, these videos get him fired. And I'm like, I want to unpack that with you because I have (laughs) feelings and, you know, yes, yes, yes. We are all entitled to grow and change and have experiences. But I mean, you you are in such a position of power that Mm -hmm. for, for me, I feel like that still has to be inside you somewhere that you felt like dressing in this way this racist trope is yes and a lot of people him being one of them too in these positions like the news is focusing on one like the louder story for him was the brown face thing but it's like there was all this other stuff like why are you not paying people of color that are doing videos but Mm -hmm. the people doing the videos are getting xyz and it's like so a lot of these people there's like a pattern of behavior And now it's like, because everyone's speaking out, everyone feels like they're in a safe space. So it's like, okay, we have this momentum going. So let's start like calling these people out. And honestly, I'm like, get rid of all of them. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, no, you know, this person just made a mistake and is being racist on video. Don't fire them. I'm like, call their job, (laughs) call where they live, like get rid of them, take their dog away. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't care. Like I have no, no like tolerance anymore. So all these people can go. (laughs) I think that I do think there's room to grow and change. But like I said, like a lot of this is like a systematic, like, or a pattern of just behavior. And if you're in a position where you are controlling the livelihoods of, I don't even know how hundreds of people, I am a little concerned that in the 2000s, you had brown face (laughs) like and then a year ago or this year you're like not paying the people of color to Mm -hmm. do that you pay the white people it's like that stuff goes together so then I have more questions and those questions can be answered by you being fired (laughs) absolutely and then also like the level of like hiding it too because like I've been reading a lot of the posts from like so the woman who like called for his firing her name is Sola and she's great. That's a whole different tangent. But <laughs> like her being like, I want him fired because I like she had no idea that all her coworkers were, like getting paid for these videos. And so she kept appearing in them doing these things. And like you're saying, she's doing work, but they yeah. are and they're all doing the same job, but the white people are getting paid to do these things and you know, she's not. And it's that whole thing of like the fact that her coworkers had no idea shows you how systematic this is of just like yeah here's money for you, like hidden under the table. Don't tell like quietly behind the hand, don't tell the people of color getting paid. And, you know, seeing how many people who work there have rallied around, but like even Bon Appetit's statement after he left, like how they're like changing everything. And like, I read it and it made me cry because I'm just like, this is how you cause change. Like, I am so grateful that she was willing to risk her job to be like, this is the shit I have dealt with. And I feel comfortable now seeing it because this makes so much sense now to me. And, you know, I know I have, you know, never experienced anything like that, but I mean, I can only imagine what that feels like. Like I have, you know, left a couple of jobs where I've been the only black person there and talking to a few friends who are like, I feel like you have a civil case on you because it sounds really race, like, um, what is the word? driven like the reason why you got fired is because you were a black woman who was like this is unfair and i'm going to say something um so i mean the more i sit here and think of those things i'm just like you i think as like it's the same like as a black person you 
not that you don't think it'll ever happen to you. It's just like the level that white people go to like gaslight you and highlight and hide uh-huh. it. You're just like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And also, like I said before, like that trope of like, you should be so grateful you are working here. Oh, this is going to be so great for you. Like for who? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who? this isn't great for me. I'm like, for you, you get to like check off a box and be like, Hey, I did this one thing. Great for me. But you know, you're not committed to that. And you know, having to, also like be the person who constantly speaks up as people of color. I mean, this is so unfair is also another reason why black people are exhausted. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like take, take their jobs. <laughs> they're, they're white. They'll get hired again. I'm sure. Like, I mean, honestly, and half of them are just getting settlements and like retiring quote unquote. So it's like, I don't care. Like these people can all go. I have very little sympathy for anyone being actively discriminatory, bigoted, racist, anti-whatever at this point. Like, you're a hateful human being right now, and it's bigoted, and you are in a position of power. You got to go. Well, I will be sure to obviously link your Instagram below. As Brittany said, she's not here to please you, so. (laughs) (laughs) Follow at your own risk. That's all I have to say about that. Still a big fan of the deep dives. I'm st- I still can't look a hole on the same way, and I will one day work oh, that. That's such a great deep dive. I should share that again. That's great. Uh, as you know, I always like to end the show on a high note, something that gives us a good feeling. So I'm going to ask the question again. Uh, what is the best advice you were ever given, or what's a piece of advice you would give your younger self? Or I'm also going to be like, you can just, anything you want to give out in the universe right now after this, after this topic. Um, I don't know. What did I say last time? Probably your thoughts shape your reality. That's like my favorite. I feel like that's, that sounds right. (laughs) I, I think that I'd probably, I'll go with like what I'd tell my younger self and that's just keep evolving and striving to be better. Um, don't be okay with just thinking the way you think because that's how you were raised or that's how everyone else thinks or that's what society tells you. And that's kind of what I'd tell everyone. I think there's always room for improvements and always a way for you to be actively striving to just be a better human being. If that just means that you recycle more, if that means that you go out and you're like actively confronting, you know, racism or problematic behaviors, if that means that you or diving into books and music and art from people that are in a totally different space than you ever saw growing up. Just strive to find new ways to learn and new people and just be better. Like, don't be an asshole. Like, being an asshole is not cute. I know when you're young, you sometimes think it is, but it's not. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for the theme music, and I will talk to y'all this Thursday. Bye.